right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. I do that every time it's morning. I know it's not morning where all of you are listening or watching, uh, even live, let alone in syndication, uh, but that's just a knee-jerk reaction. I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. With me pretty much as always, in fact, probably more often than I am these days, is sure. our marketing director, Jen Weibor. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Adam. Ah, see, now I know it's morning where you are. I think so. All right. And we have a guest. We might have a video and audio guest for you guys <laughs> today. We'll see how this goes. We have technical <laughs> issues, but this is the way that it works when we do live shit. So that's uh, the story thus far. Do we have a special guest, Catherine Burgess? Hi. Yes, I'm Yay. here. Yay! Cool. Audio. All right. For those of you that uh, are just catching up, we were uh, fighting with Catherine's audio prior to going live, so we all feel that this is a major <laughs> success that she can hear us major and we win. can hear her. Yeah, yeah, it's win-win. Well, Catherine, I'm not going to pull any punches because our audience pretty much knows the mo that. Our guests have been waiting for a long time to be on the podcast. We probably booked this with you a year ago or more. That leading up to that point, we had done a bunch of research and vetting as to who you are and what you do. And uh, if we wanted you to be a guest on the show. So uh, for our audience's sake and for yours, know that, yes, everybody, this is uh, somebody we've been watching for some time. We know that Catherine does some good business, has been for a while, and we kind of want to pick her brain and see what makes her business tick. And Catherine, we do want to hear about some other things just because I'm curious. Jen and I had chatted. You've got a big volunteer project regarding uh, food insecurity. So we right. certainly want to hear about that as well. Mm -hmm. But give us some background. How did you get into real estate? Where did you come from? I think I saw somewhere along your history, you lived in St. Louis. You're actually from Illinois. Yep. So I grew okay. up outside of Chicago and uh, just 10 miles outside, but um, we've spent our adult lives in um, largely in California. We were in the Bay Area for eight years and then um, we went to Maine. So that was a, a good a good uh, culture shock. And That's then, where Jen is uh, from. Down so to she knows. San Diego County. Yep. That and is then five years up. in St. Louis. Very cool. And it was when our eight year old said, We did, um, you know, a lot of different things. It was my husband's career in the, he was an executive in the outdoor industry. And uh, I was involved with a bunch of different things, but uh, it on the side, we kept um, investing in real estate and we had tons of flips that in each location, we had two or three places. And um, so we flipped and we built and we did all of the work ourselves for the most part. And uh, so that was, we were serious real estate investors. And then when our eight-year-old said to us, I've lived in eight houses and we looked at each other and we thought, can that be right? That can't be right. And uh, that's when we planted in Boulder and we have, we have been here ever since. And at that point I was ready to be done doing all of those projects. We built one house and then we took a, a big break. And that's when I said, okay, I'm ready to do this for other people now. 
So that was 10 years ago. And uh, it took me, I started trying to hire Andy um, about after about two years and then finally got it done about five years ago. And uh, he is, he and I run Burgess Group and um, we are founding brokers for Compass. Um, and uh, it's, it's been a really fun, fun, rapid rise. You know, that's the timing is impeccable for this particular episode of your podcast. I sat for hours on Friday with a real estate broker who's been doing this in the Denver market for eons. I don't want to call him out and make him sound like he's really old, but he would admit it. Um, and he had finally caved on being wooed by Compass for a good period of time and loves it. Uh, nothing but incredible things to say about the technology, yep. um, which was really, really impressive. And it looks like statistically, Compass is really kicking ass in this market. Uh, when we look oh, at yeah. volume, when we look at number of transactions, I mean, they're mm -hmm. like top five, even up against some of these really big boys like Keller and Remax. Yeah, actually, Compass has had dominant market share in uh, Boulder um, and in Denver for uh, about the past year. So it's uh, it's amazing how, you know, we're still numbers wise, we're still smaller, but some of the most productive agents in each of those markets have have come to Compass. And so it's it's an incredible spot. We definitely have experienced a uh, um, under promise over deliver from compass and not the exact words he used. I should, is you that not. right? Exact <laughs> words. He yeah. Used. It's pretty, it's pretty compelling. That's really cool. And just yeah. for our audience, because it's uh, certainly nationwide, if not worldwide, um, I, I think you guys should understand the Denver and Boulder while 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago was kind of considered a metropolitan area. These are very, very different towns now. Um, we use different uh, multi-list systems. Uh, that is correct, isn't it? Mm -hmm. They are on different yep. systems. Yeah, and there's, mm -hmm. there's kind of this big invisible wall somewhere along the Boulder Turnpike that really <laughs> separates Denver from Boulder. But uh, these mm -hmm. are two very, very different markets. So when Catherine is explaining to us that there are huge leaps, bounds, improvements, um, accolades in the business that Compass is doing in these two markets, know that they really are very, very separate and individual. Right. And we launched both of these businesses in January of 2019. So if you can imagine gaining dominant market share in that amount of time, it's, you know, they have to have something going on, right? Yeah, very, very true. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm gathering it's a little different than what it looked like when you started in real estate. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we've had our business for 10 years. And um, our first year, I actually won Rookie of the Year. And then by year three, we were in the top 25 um, for Boulder um, and uh, Boulder County. And we're, we're now in the top 10 um, by volume for both of those places. And it gets harder and harder to move up. Uh, but it's um, the, the market is tremendously, uh, I mean, so much of it is the same in that it all comes down to delivering super service that, that is, you know, individuated for each client and 
feels really warm and, you know, like you're holding that person. Um, but uh, from a broad perspective, agreed that it is it is such a different market. And um, gosh, luxury has gone bonkers. And um, even, I don't know, even in the last two months, it's a different market than it was four months ago. So so much change. It's, it's really, that's part of what is so interesting, I think, to work in real estate is to, to keep up with the trends and, and uh, figure out like, how do we best serve our clients given the, the changing, um, changing feel of the market? Yeah, that's certainly true. And we do talk often about how it is a ridiculously dynamic industry mm -hmm. that in order to perform in it, you have to be dynamic yourself. Uh, you've got to be flexible, malleable. You've got to be willing to roll with the punches, accept change. And I think that the really great ones even have a little bit of foresight. They can kind of see what's coming and uh, move and shuck and jive, adjust accordingly uh, so that they are able to take care of their clients as best as possible. Um, when you started in the business 10 years ago, or is that you said, yeah, it, would be, it had been 10 years. 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, what did that look like? What did that rookie year entail to make you rookie of the year? What, what went on that year that was so impressive or that, you know, our audience would uh, take a liking yeah. to? Um, well, I don't know how impressive it was, quite frankly. But um, I think part of what was uh, really helpful was I had an organized, it's so much of the basics, um, Adam, it's just so basic. So, uh, and it's still so basic, all of it really. Um, so we had an organized database. Um, and so, and we, within, you know, a very short, well, one of the things I did right away that I think really served me well was um, like, I don't know, two weeks after going and getting my license active, I was, I did a nin ninja installation which, you know, if people listen to that, there's a lot of good. I think a lot of times when people start in real estate, they don't really know how to spend their time. And so the ninja stuff was sort of like, here's a recipe for how you can go forward and how to spend your time. And um, so that was helpful. Then I got my database organized, like right after I went to ninja. So I had a fairly robust, um, you know, list of people and actually putting it into a CRM, I think is a step that a lot of people don't really do. And so, you know, putting it in there and then sort of systematically starting the marketing for um, newsletters, postcards, you know, all of the different uh, firing on all cylinders, kind of social media, all of that stuff, so much easier once you know who you're marketing to and how you should be marketing. And so we we figured out, I think um, I, I got a, a brand together in a fairly, a fairly short amount of time. So that first year was really, I broke even. We, I did some, uh, you know, some business, but every, all of the money went back into the business for brand, for website, for marketing. Um, I didn't make any money. <laughs> and uh, then by year two, you know, things started chugging along. And I think it's all about really consistency. So just, uh, you know, reaching yep. out. <laughs> Jen, let's just hire Catherine. She can right. do the podcasts from now on. 
see, we, <laughs> we, we cover a little bit about Ninja and we, the reason that Ninja has been such a great resource all these years is because they talk about shit that works year after year after year. Right. Part of that feeds into your contact database, your contact management. And for those of you that did not hear what Catherine said, rewind and listen <laughs> to it again. Yes, you've got to have your contact management database, your CRM, your audience organized, no matter what you want to do. And 10 years ago, yes, we were doing newsletters and, you know, postcards and, you know, snail mail type of stuff. In the modern era, maybe we're doing text campaigns or voicemail campaigns or social media campaigns. Either way, you have to have your audience organized. There is no escaping it. And I think the biggest piece that Jen and I just pound out there and put into our clients' heads on a regular basis is constancy and consistency. You cannot do something for a week and decide in your mind that that didn't work and kind of shuffle along to the next thing that you're also going to let fail on you because you didn't commit. You didn't give it the time and respect that it deserves. So, yeah, I don't know. Of core values, adjust the tips. Jen, what do you figure? Catherine hit half of them there. Oh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to go get back to work now. Funny. You guys talk. Uh, Catherine, we'll, we'll <laughs> sign you on as a coach here in the not-too-distant future. But, yeah, no, you're hitting some really, really solid points. Um, and I do think it's important, but, God, you're right. How many real estate agents out there don't have a good modern semblance of their contact database, of their audience. I mean, right. you, you can't do any marketing or prospecting without it. Any marketing or prospecting ideas, theories, techniques, tactics that you're going to start on are going to fail if you haven't accomplished that. Right. So true. And, you know, a lot of people, it's it feels super daunting to get that database sorted out. And I hired a virtual assistant. She was a gal in Michigan. There's so many ways you can do that. There are people abroad, but I think I had her working for me to help sort out that database for probably a month and a half. And it was probably like, if you really think about it, that was probably the best money I ever spent on our business because it made it so that we could go forward with our marketing in a, in a meaningful way. They're, I would say that that's true. Good, good use of money there. Yep. I mean, and that's when, you know, I hadn't done any deals at that point, but that's, you know, when you don't have a lot of money and you've just got to figure it out, either you've got to do it yourself or you've got to get some help doing it. And either way is fine, but it's got to be done. Well, and I think it sounds more daunting than it actually is. Now, granted, you right. found a really convenient way. And of course, VAs weren't all that big a deal 10 years ago. In fact, Jen, right. when did you start your VA business? Three and a half years ago. Okay. And at the time then, VAs were still stateside. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they were 10 years ago. Now we've gotten to a point where most of the virtual assistant world is overseas. It's pennies on the dollar for what uh, you would pay for that kind of work locally. Um, but I do think that if it's something that you feel you have to take on on your own, organizing, putting together your contact database, your audience, then do it in little bites. Do it over the course of a year. Focus on everybody who has a birthday today. Get their 
contact information in your database. And you probably look at Facebook birthdays, LinkedIn birthdays. You probably have that information in your counter anyway. So everybody's got a birthday today. Clean up that section of your contact database. And then tomorrow. And then it only takes you a year. Or do it once a week alphabetically. Do the A's, then the B's, then the C's. And again, now it's only going to take you 26 weeks. That's half a year. You know, these kinds of things. So I think it's important for everybody to understand that, yes, it sounds daunting. There are a thousand ways to make it not daunting. And the value of it, the importance of it, I mean, I don't even know where to go. My contact database management tactics and techniques still generate a couple of deals a day for me. And it's, it's invaluable. Awesome. I cannot yeah. put, yeah. And that's after 20 years. Yeah. Good for you. Put, well, <laughs> again, like Ninja, like core, like a lot of these old and maybe considered even antiquated styles, methods, the things that work still work and have worked right. for <laughs> decades. And totally. that happens to be one of them. So right. yeah, your contact database, your contact management, Oh, I cannot stress the importance of that enough. So yeah, if you are that agent, if you are that loan originator, you have not taken those steps, please, please listen to what Catherine is saying. Hire a VA to do it. Um, Call Jen. She'll walk you through how to do it. Um, But yeah, for the love of everything, uh, please get your your database sorted. Um, And I do also think it's important that everybody understand that building that contact database, adding to it, uh, continuing to build up your audience is an all-day, everyday activity for the rest of your career. You've got to continue to do that. You've got to continue to know and focus on building relationships, on contact data mining, these kinds of things. And I'm not suggesting that we mine data where we pay a company to send us lists because that's not what I'm getting at here. What I'm referring to is if you meet somebody, you like them, you want to add them to your audience, you've got to figure out how to capture that data. Facebook friends, great. Most of us put phone numbers and email addresses and birthdays on Facebook. Uh, You guys want to follow each other on Instagram? Same kind of thing. Whatever the case may be, you've got to have a modern day grip on that contact data mining and understand that building up that audience is an all-day, every act, everyday activity. And if you can continue to do that through the remainder of your career, it will be a successful one. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So now we're talking about something that you've been exercising for a decade. Mm-hmm. Let's flash forward a little bit. What does sure. your... I don't want to say marketing because it's not the right term, but you're prospecting, you're lead gen. Where do your clients come from now, 10 years later? 10 years after rookie. Right, right, right. Okay, so um, we are definitely, we do sphere marketing uh, primarily. So we are, um, we are getting together with our sphere in a, uh, in a bunch of different ways. So prior to the pandemic, we had a goal of seeing 50 people a day, we being myself and Andy. So, uh, and that would be, you know, in a coffee shop where somebody works and there's a community that actually is built and people know each other. That would be going to exercise classes, uh, bike rides, um, 
boards that we're on. So, uh, and in those times when we're contacting the, when we're, we're actually talking with people, we, we try to actually have meaningful conversation, not just like passing chit chat. So asking about how's your family, you know, what are your kids doing? How's your work? You know, all of those things. What what are you doing this summer? You know, all that stuff is really um, we're relationship people. We're all it's about relationship building. building. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're all about community building. And and so it's it's joyful to us to be asking those questions because we really we want to be in community with people. So during the pandemic, of course, that shifted a little bit, but we are getting back to um, like, we used to host Sunday night dinner every Sunday night. And it was a whole bunch of uh, kids at CU that would come over um, every week. And then when we realized we were doing this for the kids, we were like, well, let's, who, whatever adults we run into during the week, let's invite them. So it was like 10 to 25 people a weekend very low key food, not nothing fancy, but it's so lovely to to share that with people in your home. That's a really powerful thing that you can do. And, um, you know, a potluck would be equally powerful, um, whatever, whatever works for you to make it happen. So, um, yeah, so we're getting back to that. We just actually we just organized this. We bought a little we downsized and bought a little um duplex on walnut which is the boulder boulder goes right by it so we have organized this um once a month we're having front yard fest which is i have a, a band coming we we've got a lot of um, musicians in our friend group and so we have someone coming for like an hour and a half once a month uh on sunday afternoons and then people can just like toddle down to pearl street for dinner and uh but our first one we realized the Boulder Boulder is going past us. So instead of Sunday night, we're having it on this coming Monday, uh, Memorial Day. Oh, it is this, a holiday weekend. Yep. Yeah, this <laughs> band is going to be but, playing. Uh, for the majority of our audience that doesn't know, that isn't local, that isn't native, the Boulder yeah. Boulder is one of the greatest competitive foot races in the country. 10K, right. It's it's really fun. It's, <laughs> it's thousands of people. So I just ordered uh, 10, uh, or sorry, 12 dozen donuts and uh, we're going to have mimosas and um, we've just sent out an email to our sphere through our CRM saying, you know, pop by for a bit for for a donut and to listen to this band while you're, you know, enjoying the Boulder Boulder. So things like that, that get you in front of your your sphere, it doesn't even really matter if they come, hopefully they will. But it's you showing up regularly in their in their email box with things of value or in their in their uh, mailbox with something that truly is of value to them. Like it's it's uh, it's just being being a value to them. And we don't even talk about real estate with our people when we're together. They bring it up, but we don't. And, it's a boring uh, subject. You know, I mean, they don't want, and they don't want you to talk about it, Catherine, or they, those of you listening. They want you to talk about you. They want to know yep. who you are. They already know what you do. Right. Yep. I mean, they often bring it up, but we we are never the ones who bring it up. No. So yeah. as it should be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely yeah. as it should be. Yes, you should be yep. willing to answer questions and discuss it if it's brought to you. But yeah, yeah, they want to know who you are. All of you listening, people want to know who you are, not what you do. Don't right. 
I don't, I don't even know how to uh, describe that any better than exactly <laughs> yeah. that. But mm -hmm. I do want, in the interest of full disclosure, I want to say, yes, if you pump me full of mimosas and offer me donuts, I'm going to run 10K. In a costume. In a costume. How much of the 10K are you going to yeah. run? Well, <laughs> until I either drop dead or get to the donuts. Okay. There you go. All right. Fair enough. That's, All right, that's so, fair. <laughs> um, Jen, I know we're going to run over and we're just going to have to deal with it unless Catherine has to jet out for something. But Catherine, tell us about your um, your project, your uh, volunteer work. Oh, yeah. And I know that this is obviously intertwined and every, it's an important piece. For those of you listening, you want to see an increase in your business, go serve on a board. Go, mm -hmm. go do some volunteer work. But you've right. got one that's obviously really special to your heart. We've been kind of watching you with it over the last mm -hmm. year plus. So tell us about that program. Right. So corporate social responsibility is really a big theme for us. And we try really hard. Like if you go to our website, we have a Good Karma page. And you'll see we actively support um, 14 different organizations organizations, mostly 501c3s, but, you know, they vary a little bit. And um, last year, we've been trying to sell this wonderful 80-acre uh, farm for a number of years. And it's so close to downtown Boulder, which gives it enormous value. It has tremendous water rights. Um, 5163 Independence is the name. And it's, uh, it's just, it's a beautiful parcel. So um, during the pandemic, one of my friends uh, was running this organization called Boundless Landscapes that does that teaches teenagers regenerative farming. And uh, no one, the way that they were doing it was this hub and spoke model where they had a bigger, a bigger farm and then all these little micro farms in people's front or backyards. And during the pandemic, people were um, feeling uncomfortable with anyone coming to their house to farm. And so I said, well, let me check and see if we could get a, an acre or so of this farm to, um, for you to use, you know, just as a donation from the, the owners. And the owners um, agreed to that. And that was a, a really cool thing for everybody. A lot of food was grown. It was a combination of teaching teenagers how to farm and donating back to the community. And they were selling to restaurants and um, it, that was very cool. Then the second year, they realized that that didn't work with their business model. And so we actually um, hired a farmer with and partnered with um, Community Food Share that does, they serve more people with food insecurity um, in Boulder and Broomfield counties than any other organization. So we partnered with them, Boundless Landscapes provided the tools, and then Earth's Table provided mentoring to this young farmer that we had. And we raised almost uh, 3,000 pounds of produce that all went back to the constituents at Community Food Share. And the really cool thing is when you're receiving food from organizations, you can't really um, say, I'd like this, I'd like that, not the peanut butter and not the white bread. And um, right. we were able to reach out and say, you know, what, what would what you do like you to want see grown? Grow? Yeah. And, That's and cool. uh, it wasn't the heaviest stuff that would create the coolest numbers for us you know, like melons and cucumbers that are all <laughs> Pumpkins, full of water and right. really easy to farm. They wanted greens and tomatillos and 
peppers and uh, tomatoes and all these, all these, this wonderful variety. And so it was really this very cool um, collaboration with the volunteers at uh, Community Food Share ourselves. Um, and we were do we were able to do that as a super out of the box marketing effort. So all of this information, we got a tremendous amount of visibility for the farm um, as a result of this collaboration that then created all this food for our community. So um, it was it was a win-win. This year the um, they are not uh, the the sellers there are actually renting the farm. So we were unable to do that this year. Um, but you know, people can do such awesome things if they're spending money on their on their business anyway, like this year, instead of um, buying really fancy Christmas cookies or, you know, chocolate sauce for our um, people, we, I'm on the board at the Museum of Boulder and I, we instead gave like 200 memberships to the Museum of Boulder and then a hundred or around 200 um, sets of tickets to the Museum of Boulder because um, during, you know, 501c3s have had such a hard time since the pandemic. So by casting that uh, light on on those organizations, we can help you know create robust health with our nonprofit um, communities and the places where we live. And so we're actually about to when we sent those out at, um, at the holidays, we also said save the date, June 12th, we're going to host a party there. And so, um, now we're trying to, now that we've given everyone a way to enjoy it, now we're trying to get them in the door so that they will then start supporting that organization. So all with money that we would have spent anyway on our, on our sphere. Um, so it, we'll see it. I think it should be good. It Very sounds cool. like it. And yeah, there's uh, such a crazy little connect the dot <laughs> story going on here. I'm sorry, Jen, what is your business degree have an emphasis in? Corporate social responsibility is my yes. M- my MBA. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So I thought yeah. your Very cool. Degree had an emphasis. In. Yeah. yeah, we've yeah. This has been a That's really awesome. cool uh, episode for us. Yeah, yeah to Good. hear what Good. you're up to, and uh, gosh, it almost <laughs> makes me want to spend more time in Boulder, eh? Right. Oh yeah. Come <laughs> come to Sunday night dinner. We're we're starting that up again. We would That's love so to host cool. you guys. That's a very cool it concept. is very cool. Yeah, <laughs> it really neat stuff. And thinking about it from the perspective of the people, like just to know that God, there's one meal this week I don't have to prepare. Right. We, I mean, it's yeah. not. It's obviously not fancy. Um, right, and we do, fancy. we know all kinds of great, you know, ten dollar a head catering type of stuff. We do a lot of Qdoba and a lot of Red Robin and uh-huh. those kinds of things. But yeah, this is fantastic stuff. Catherine, yeah. thank you so You're much. You're so this welcome. Is, I can't it was really fun to be with you. 30 minutes went. <laughs> For sure. Great. Yeah. Well, Jen, what am I missing? Again. Uh I need to know where in Maine Catherine lived. Okay. Oh yeah. We were in Freeport for three years. I and lived the... in Freeport until I was six years old. I was you born in did. Portland and oh. um my parents are two towns over from Freeport. Oh my gosh. Oh little little small world eat this morning for sure. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Our oldest daughter was born in Portland and uh we loved living there. It was such a rich life. It was yeah. Andy was working for the Nor- for uh LL Bean there. So of course. Of right. course. I mean right. it's like someone in the family has to work for LL Bean at some point if you live in exactly. Maine. Exactly. Right. Kind right. of a rule. 
So <laughs> my mom worked in the corporate offices and in the big store for years. Got so, it. Very cool. Cool. Very. All right. Awesome. Well, at some point, I'll want to hear where you moved to. And uh, Adam, I'll want to hear hear your background as well. Oh, so it's, it's yeah. We're, we're going to need a few more episodes. <laughs> Jen, why don't you organize that? Let's get Catherine back on the show when we have an opening. Um, and yeah, Catherine's still kind of booked out in the same time frame that you're accustomed yeah. to. Where are you at, Jen? June, July of 23? Oh, I'm at the end of, end of August of 23. We're about to oh be September of 23. September of 23. We're going to look oh, yeah. forward to that. We better connect <laughs> with Catherine cool in between. We'll come yeah. to Sunday dinner. Uh, right. But yeah, Jen, awesome. why don't you take us home? All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. Uh, we will be off next week for Memorial Day first week off from the show in a while. Um, but if you want to find out more about us, text tips to 63566. Uh, you can get a copy of Adam's book, Just the Tips there. You can get all the recent episodes of the show, our weekly little tip. Um, we are just over a month away from Social Media Day Denver. So you can get your tickets for Social Media Day Denver by texting tips to 63566. That is Thursday, June 30th from 9am to 4pm, full day of social media content. Um, big shout out to Metro State University for partnering with us on that. Uh, the event will be on campus again this year. Uh, we've got lunch covered. It's it's going to be a good day. So text tips cool. to 63566 to grab your ticket for that and for all things Just the Tips. <laughs> cool. Well, Catherine, thank you. Awesome. I know carving all out right. this kind of time on a Monday morning isn't easy. And it we battled a, a few tech issues uh, <laughs> at the beginning there, but that's how live video plays. Um, and Jen will probably uh, fill you in on how we uh, convert this to the podcast and get you all the goodies. So for Sounds those great. of you watching or listening live or in syndication, thanks for tuning in again. You can typically catch us, barring next week, uh, live Monday mornings, 1030 Mountain Time for another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. <laughs> thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. <laughs>